Hey guys, I had Sydney Jackson on the show with me this week. Uh, we went to Shop Shop again. I haven't been there in a little while. Which uh, they serve alcohol, which I didn't know that. Um, Sydney went in and ordered a beer, and I was like, I don't really think you can do that. And then they gave her one, and that was amazing. Um, so good for them. I guess that's the only dimension to me enjoying the Chop Shop. Um, although there are like so many birds around, I don't know what we can you do about birds. I guess. I guess you can just get drunk. Um, but anyways, uh, Sydney was referred to me uh, by our mutual friend Rachel Solis. Um, I was talking to Rachel about how I hadn't uh, talked to anybody yet with a dance background, how I wanted to meet a dancer. Sydney popped into her mind right away. She agreed to do it. Uh, she was super fun, super interesting stuff, as I say always. Um, but I, I really liked learning about like this art form that I really don't know too much about. So I hope you can learn a little something too from uh, Sydney Jackson. Welcome to Starving Artist Phoenix. It's Tony Machete. I'm with Sydney Jackson. Uh, how you doing, today, Sydney? Hello, I'm great. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so that, I was super stoked to, to have a mutual friend and connection with you just because I was just talking to her uh, a little while ago just about how I realized I didn't know anybody whose like, main thing is dance. Like I've, I've talked to as many different types of artists as I could, but I didn't know any dancers. And like you were the first word that came into her head. Like You were the first one that came up to us. So, I mean, have you always been synonymous with dance, I guess this is it. Probably so. Yeah, probably for the most part. Nice. Yeah. So it's something you've just done all your life? Yeah, I've been in the same like kind of like company thing since fourth grade, like the same group of dancers, the same structure from fourth grade till senior year of high school. And then I took like, you know, some classes when I was younger like everyone does. Um, but I guess her parents were like, cool, she likes it, so we'll just keep putting her in. And then actually the company I was with, um, they had found it or recognized it in the newspaper. I'm from Columbia, Maryland. They'd recognized it in the paper because my aunt had danced with the same woman um, when she was younger. And she was like, oh, Marilyn Byers, the dance dimension. I remember them. They're super great. Like, we'll go ahead and check it out. And it's a modern dance company local to Columbia. They're like fucking national ambassadors or some crazy shit. She has like pins for from like the 60s and... I don't know. So I've been with them for forever. That's crazy. So were you, I mean, since you started with them at, at fourth grade, was it like a pretty close-knit group or was it like, were they always having people cycle out or how does that work? Exactly? Yeah, people came and went for sure. I mean, it's, it's a pre-professional company and it's for people until like, you know, they graduate from high school. So it's as much as a parent, like Marilyn took everything completely seriously. She was like, this is like, your, this is your life, this is your career, this is what you do. Like this company is everything, you know? Um, and we kind of felt the same way, but at the same time, it's like you're in sixth grade trying to explain to your parents you have to be like at the studio till like 2 a.m. with your sleeping bag, like rehearsing, because you have to like, you know, do all the stuff or, you know, so. Um, was that ever daunting, like an elementary school kid being told like, this is your life now? Mm -hmm. No, it wasn't super daunting. It was kind of like you wanted to be a part of it. Um, and so in terms of the cycling through, like, you know, it's hard for kids to stay if their parents don't want them because, you know, they have control over you. And 
And like even I had my grades were pretty, they weren't shitty. I was probably like C's or something in, in high school for a year. And then um, they like pulled me out for a little bit. So it's a quick wake up call. Just yeah. Like, yeah. And so shit like that happens to people all the time where they move away or they're not really into it because it's pretty, you got to be into it for sure. So was it instant for you then? Like you got into it right away when you were part of it or like did it take some, some warming up to? Um, I was pretty, I was pretty into it. Um, I'm trying to remember. I definitely felt like self-conscious, but I think any kid does, you know, in a room <laughs> where you're like dancing around with people. Um... And then so they had like a mini company, Apprentice, and the company. So the company was like the oldest kids, like the high schoolers, and also if you're just super fucking good, you get to be in it. <laughs> and the Apprentice was like more middle school age or people who are like just working really hard and like on their way. And the mini company was like the younger kids, like learn in the beginning kind of things of like what her technique is and like what it is to be a modern dancer. And so, um, all right. Yeah. So you had some like wiggle room, I guess. It didn't have to be. I guess like su- super disciplined right off the bat like you were when you first get into it as a kid you had some room to like improve and feel it out for yourself exactly, that's good yeah so I mean what is it about that type of dance and, and her method that you think got you tied up in it um I think because it was and I never really said that before because I'm like fun is not a way to feel about the thing you love you know it's <laughs> just fucking crazy Another example of how much she fucked me up. Wow. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's a, it was That's cool. a tattoo right there. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, yikes. Um, I don't know. It's just nice to be, like, taken, like, to have something to, like, work for and to work on and to be taken seriously and to have something that was, like, so important. Um, Were you not used do. to that kind of discipline, like, in other um, fields of your life? Like, you didn't have anything like that before that was, like, this is what you're going for. This is what you... Not that I can think of, because I didn't play any sports. I was never part of any team at all, or even, like, they didn't even put me in any sports. I was in sports camp one time, you know? And, like, so <laughs> I guess I was in dance classes the whole time, but... I feel yeah, like so every really kid has that. to have, like, one shitty summer month where their, like, parents oh. put them in some sport, and they're just like, come on, it builds your character. Yeah. yeah, it's the fucking worst. Oh, my gosh, they put me in band camp in high school, and I <laughs> cried. And I wrote and like drew comics about how much I fucking hated it. It was terrible. I was miserable. I feel like that's like the true side of like a, a little creative kid, though. It's like I drew comics to express my distaste of the whole situation. But <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so, I mean, what do you feel like the difference is? Like, if you you tried out some, like dance and you tried out sports, like why did one stick and the other didn't? Mm. Well, I didn't really try out sports. Some of those people are like, I could secretly be like the best basketball player or like the best baseball player in the whole world like who knows I'm just, I doubt it but um well even band too like so you did band camp and you just did not take to it at all like what's yeah. the difference I don't know I think it's something so I was just making the thing for my friend and she was and it's about bodies and she's like you know what is like it's so interesting your dancer what do you love about bodies and I don't know but like the point I've reached in the past two hours of talking to myself about <laughs> bodies is that I love them and that's like the way that I understand people and communication in general and so whatever it is I haven't figured out yet I think like that just like this is what this is and her understanding of dance and the way she taught it is like science very scientific um it's all anatomy and physiology and like imagery so that's like somatic practices like automatically thinking feeling and doing all together and so um I think that was just really appealing to me Interesting. So, I mean, going off of that, just so I understand better, because this is one field that, this is why I was excited to talk to a dancer, because it's one field I just don't have much experience in. The 
tackling it from that angle is the idea just like you consciously know what shapes your body are going to make and like so you're like going in with like a clinical approach of like I'm going to make this and then I'm going to move into this and that situation like is that what you mean or I think it'd be more I think I mean more so of like my understanding of my body and um or, or the lack thereof um <laughs> uh, and then and with that knowledge being able to make decisions so whether she's giving me choreography or whether I'm creating something or it's some combination of the two like it's a structured improvisation it should be like you have a few parameters and the rest of it is like you're just making it up in the moment like using that knowledge to to uh, act and behave okay and I want to jump off of that a little bit too yeah. because uh, so you are a choreographer now as well at what point did you feel comfortable enough with your dance skills and like your understanding of the art to decide that you can choreograph other people mm, actually um i felt strongly about choreography for a long time and i've actually kind of like found comfort in acknowledging that choreography can be a thing you can do without having to be a good dancer you don't have to be talented at all to be a choreographer i mean you can do whatever you want but um <laughs> but uh yeah i mean i guess we did a lot of improvisation like from the very first day it's like all improvisation forever and so that like instant composition you're already creating and so you know if we would have projects in the summer where we would like make make pieces or phrases together um and so it's been that for a long time i've been into it um and i think in high school it got a little bit stronger in terms of when to create and actually jumping forward, I came out here to ASU for the dance program to choreograph. I didn't come out here to dance. I didn't want to, like, perform or do any of those things. And, you know, look at me now. But, yeah. <laughs> Just can't help it. I can't help it, you know? All right. So that's that's interesting then that if, if you don't feel like it's necessarily like a natural dancing talent or just like experience that makes a good choreographer, what do you feel like does? What separates a good choreographer from a dancer who's trying to choreograph? good choreographer in my opinion is someone that knows how to use their tools to communicate so art in general is is communication in my opinion and um and so if we're using the language of bodies cool if we're using the language of like science and if we're using like just general shape in general and, and just generally speaking then it's you combine those things and also you get specific like who are the dancers that I'm working with? My biggest thing is you can do any fucking movement in the whole world. You can do like lift your right arm and fall to the ground and log roll for an hour, you know? <laughs> if you are performing it and embodying it in a way that is communicative, then it's it's everything. That's all that's really going on. So how do you teach that? How do you teach that just like living every movement that you're doing how, how does a choreographer demonstrate that to a dancer who's just seeing the physical movements mm, you know I have not I feel like I used to know and then I it was <laughs> I was a part of a process earlier this year and it was like oh shit I don't actually know or I don't <laughs> you know I don't know so this is not <laughs> what tricky. I thought it was right yeah. or the theories or I just don't know how I don't have the language around it anymore or maybe even the confidence but um but I think you gotta like tap into what it what's real for the person, um, because when she performed the solo that um, we had created together, it was beyond the movement, which is what I wanted from the get go. She's an amazing dancer, um, 
but it was kind of like I don't think she was really into the movement and then I wasn't really into it either but I knew I wasn't into it it was just I gave her something super simple because I think she's a beautiful dancer and a performer, performer and so I wanted to see her like bring it to life and so I think tapping into that in someone is what makes it what makes it work so you went into that situation at least knowing that she was going to kind of take what you gave her and maybe like improve upon it or maybe just like bring her own personal note to it and like elevate it in a way that maybe you weren't even like expecting her to gotcha yeah that was the goal that's how I like to work that's how I like to believe in people um I think what was jarring was that that wasn't it didn't seem like her natural inclination to let it be her own thing I was like oh just do whatever you want with it or we would like clarify it and clean it and I was like yeah but you can do that if you want or you can do it that way or like you, you know you decide and, and I think sometimes for people not just her but for people in general like that's it's not really what they want or it's you know they some people do just want to like do it exactly um, but but I think that was my expectation was she would like take it and bring her own life into it um, and so it was like so it was like the contrary it was a little bit shocking when I wasn't what was happening um, but it turned out awesome because because <laughs> we knew it would. And yeah. Do you feel like that's how you are as a dancer as well as somebody who very much likes to kind of maybe not be independent? I guess that's not the right word for it, but it's kind of get a, a basic foundation to be able to build upon it yourself. Oh yeah, it's a whole mess. I have never done a solo <laughs> the way it was given to me ever. <laughs> maybe since like middle school, I haven't done shit the way someone asked me to, um, and it's only gotten like. You know, more the more prevalent. people encourage you, the more you're like, all right, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Yeah, because it's, you know, this is, it's what I'm doing. And and the most beautiful thing about, like, performing and dance in general is that, like, the connection with the people. It's, like I said, it's a form of communication. It's a connection you're making with, like, your situation. Situation being, like, time, space, shape, conditions, all of those things. Um and so every time you do something, it's different. If I lift my hand right now, it's different when I lift my hand right now. You know, because shit's different. Shit's changed. It's a different experience. <clears throat> so how do you establish that trust as an artist? Like, not only between dancer and choreographer that you're going to trust that they're going to build it in a way that's going to impress them, but, like, even between you and an audience. Like, because there has to be a certain level of trust, I feel like, to, to get to that point. To get to which point, exactly? To get to the point of just... Um, being able to, I guess, be that vulnerable, to be able to, to get in sync with that moment so much. Because I think it's, I mean, in my opinion, at least from like an acting, like a comedy and stuff standpoint, it's often like a lack of trust between performers and stuff like that when things start to fall apart, when they like are just going through the motions and they're not really opening themselves up. Mm. And it seems like that's kind of what you were saying with uh, how you like to choreograph other dancers is that you you trust that they're going to um, open it up and open up themselves and, and go a little further with it, and you're expecting them to trust you that what you're giving them is enough. Yeah. I don't know. I just rambled a lot of like filling words in your mouth. I'm sorry. Oh, that's cool. That's a great perspective. That was yeah. That's nice to hear other people's opinions and like <laughs> is that their some, experiences. Yeah. So is that something that you ever think about? I do. So I think then like oh that's super interesting because I do think that's I would translate that in my own version and say yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so that makes that totally sounds that makes sense to me. Awesome. So how how do you feel like you develop that trust between like say with when you're uh, being a choreographer? How do you develop that trust with a dancer that that lets them know that it's okay to to do their own thing and lets you know that they're ready to? Mm, I think you know. Again, I'm not totally sure, but I think it's 
seeing them for the person they are, like I'll start very specific, okay, so I've realized through processes in the past I mean, like a couple years that, you know, I didn't come out here to be a performer and I'm not super vain, but anyone who calls himself a dancer or a performer and to some extent wants to like be told that they look good, you know, <laughs> or something That's like that. That's 100%. Yeah. Right? Like, come on, you know? Right. I'm happy to like have a no one in the audience, but at the same time I'm still on a fucking stage <laughs> or I'm like performing rather than in my room, you know? Yeah. And so I think you just gotta, you gotta make them feel good and not in an artificial way. You have to like really recognize them for the amazing like tool, creation, human that they are and they're the own their own ability to express ability to express um and it comes in different ways like whether it's doing the movement yourself or or my teacher my marilyn she wasn't even a dancer she just took classes enough to learn and she had a, her mentor is like a fucking world famous modern dance pioneer but she's not even a dancer by trade so like you know what i mean so oh, and maybe shit. that yeah, also i know it's pretty wild <laughs> in hindsight so I feel like she would just tell us shit. She would like do something, and it did what she wanted to look like, look nothing like she was doing. <laughs> she would like want her leg like up to her ear, and it's like down here, like hovering <laughs> off the ground. She's like, okay, so just like five more feet, you know, like shit like that. Um, but she knew her limitations. It sounds like she knew that yeah. she wasn't like trying to be a dancer. Right. She was trying to be a teacher. Exactly. She was trying to be a teacher. Let's spot fucking on. Yeah. And she, and so, you know, she believed that we could do it, and she pushed us and made sure that we tried and succeeded if not failed valiantly (laughs) and so I I think I feel the same way now I mean do you feel like you have to have like a personal connection with every dancer that you work with in every kind of artist that you work with Um, or do you think you can establish that pretty quickly like if you're with somebody you can be like all right I'm gonna get on your level right now I feel like as a as a person I can do that and so I'd like to think so in terms of dance. I haven't been, ooh, oops, I haven't been doing, just <laughs> fucked up the table. Um, I haven't been doing too much choreography in terms of like larger groups um, lately, but, but what's important to me as an artist in general is being human and meeting people where they are. And so I think sometimes when it comes to dance or even start saying dance this, dance that, dance or that, it like gets cloudy and it gets very boxy and limited. And so I'm definitely in process of trying to like get rid of those things that limit um, like the human connection, the human experience. Is that why you tend to gravitate towards interdisciplinary projects? Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. And also, like, that's, like, pretty much what's going on in, in this area and in this, like, yeah, time. Has that been in that way for quite some time? Or I, I didn't realize that. Um, I mean, since forever. But, but ASU is, um, ASU is, like, postmodern. Their, their main discipline, I would say, is postmodern. And so... Um, and they work closely with like I don't know I don't feel comfortable talking about any of this shit because I like don't know what I'm talking about but I do you know I don't know the language around it and I don't know the history I don't this. know the difference it's been Sorry. going a long fucking time <laughs> ASU is like their dance program's known for like bringing in media and and all the digital things and and all of the different forms of art that you can that you can manage and it, and it attracts different types of uh, dancers different humans who wouldn't get into other programs because that's not what ASU is looking for. They're not looking for strong technicians necessarily, looking for like 
interesting artists and that's what they create is interesting artists and so you find more um, interdisciplinary things around here also with it being at research one institutes yeah natural it's going to come out i thought that was interesting too when i i saw some of your like flyers for projects and stuff while you were at asu you were with um what was it called urban arts group Urban Arts Club? Urban Arts Club, oh, excuse shit. me. Yeah. Wow, wow, where'd you dig that one up? <laughs> Pretty far in your Facebook photos, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I get real creepy when it comes to this podcast. Um, but... At least you have an excuse. I do this, show, this casually. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just thought it was interesting that like looking at what they did, it was like everything. And I just thought that was fascinating. I mean, when with the college I went to, um, I very much was like within the theater department, they were theater clubs. Like they tackled different parts of theater, but it was very much all centered around being in theater. And so the idea that you just had this one like club that didn't really have any kind of thesis, it seemed like, or any kind of like central thing that it was going for. It was just like attracting anything and everything. Mm. That's real. I mean, we're... Tell me more about that club, I guess. Like, tell me more about what went on with that, what you guys tried to do. Urban Arts Club started a year or two before I got into it by people who are, that were a couple years above me in the program. And so ASU has an awesome urban dance program, um, or track, whatever you want to call it. Um, they bring in awesome artists, usually. They've got, like, you know, a... The pedagogy is, you know, at the forefront because again, it's ASU against Research One Institute, all those things. Um, so the club, I don't know. I can't really talk too much on the club, but those are the people who made it, are people who were like in it in that way, and their urban practices were very strong, and they were interested in, in the culture, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, and so they wanted to create a club. I think they also wanted to use it to like travel. They wanted to go to some place overseas, Just Boo, um, awesome competition battle. And so I think like being a club was like logistic. But when I was in it, it was like, um, you know, to emphasize the, what's it, it's been so long, the five elements of hip hop, I think. And so, yeah. And then so you have people going into the urban program that anyone can take the class. And so you have all types of movers, uh, dancers, non-dancers taking this class and experiencing these urban art forms that are not, oh my god, I fucking love this song, that are not traditionally from, uh, you don't learn them in a classroom, we don't learn them in a studio at a university, you know? And so, again, that like shapes what the what the club is and what it was. Um, and and it, it got associated with, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It got associated with like DJs and spoken art, spoken word artists and stuff like that were part of it as well. So it wasn't just like a dance-related club. No, right? no, dance dance is just one element of, uh, of, uh, of hip-hop, of, of the form, of the culture. It's just, so then DJing's one. Um, I think it's like not just graffiti, but like, you know, that visual art aspect. Um, so DJing is the music, the writing, the dancing, the culture is one. A lot of people count culture as a whole, like, branch. And then, um, what am I forgetting? Something else. I don't know. But yeah. So it's all the things. The club yeah. is all of those things. It's not meant to be just dance. But it's mostly dance because we're all dancers who are like making it happen I guess. So did you ever take any opportunities to like tap into something else while you were there then since you had those people all around you like did you ever explore getting into any other kind of art form while you were there? Um not necessarily the class is Melissa Britt is fucking amazing at um 
making sure all of those things are important. So, like, we got to do some work on the turntables in the through the classes. Yeah, we got to do. I don't think my classes did as much, but some work with, um, like, uh, with the writing um, and all the different forms of that. And um, if anyone listens to this thing, we're like, she's a fucking idiot. She doesn't remember. She doesn't know anything she's talking about. I'm like, fuck you. Um, you heard it here, yeah. folks. Fuck you. Yeah, right? right. God damn it. Sorry I'm not in the club anymore because I don't know. I got the heart. But, okay, but so you're into... Um, a group right now that Humanity 101 that is very much kind of taking three different pillars I feel like of the arts community and kind of working them together so tell me a little bit about how that came together you're choosing all the things I know the least about oh no (laughs) (laughs) Urban Arts Club I don't know shit I haven't been in in years Humanity 101 Humanity 101 players I think is what we're called is that what it is Yeah. you know better than I do probably Um, (laughs) you mean to tell you about it uh, yeah right so we just started that. It's actually super exciting. So Mike Fister, I worked with him for Sound and Movement. Do you ever go to Trunk Space things? Um, I have friends who have. I haven't had a chance to get out there yet. Cool, cool. So Laie Olson put on this event called Sound and Movement, and this is like the third or fourth one or so. And so Mike Fister and I could finally do it. She teams up a musician and a dancer. So we did this thing together. We played the drums. We did some grooves. Um, and then he hits me up a few weeks later, and we were like, oh, cool. We want to keep working together. Just keep practicing. He hits me up a few weeks later on June 1st and is like, hey, how does this look? It's like the application for residency through Newbox, which is Julie Akerley and her partner. Um, yeah. So I'm like, cool. I've seen this before. It sounds awesome. Um, it's due tonight. So if you're going to like do it, <laughs> like the application, cool. I'm in for sure. I'd love to work with you again. And so then when we got together for the first meeting, when we got the residency, Leah, Leah Marche is the other collaborator. And so... Um, it sounds like they were having discussions before this project um, about all of these things, Humanity 101, which is an organization, I guess. I think it's an organization. And these principles of humanity. Um, so I'm just kind of like catching up, getting up to speed. Um, we've had a couple great discussions um, but it's very preliminary. We haven't had our first rehearsal yet, and I'm definitely stepping into a knowledge base between them that I don't, I'm not familiar with. Um, but I think and talk about humanity all the time and those principles in different forms. So, and and they asked me to be in it as a mover, so then I can provide all of those things and I can invest in that type of way. And it and it it seems like it's based off of something else, but it's definitely clear that the whatever this collaboration is, it's something new. So um, that's a relation to it. But I'm stoked. It's gonna. It's, I'm excited for it. Yeah, no, that sounds super exciting and like very interesting. And in that that uh, you guys are meeting basically so far just based on just concepts. Like you guys are just talking concepts and big ideas and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I think that's an interesting way to start a project mm-hmm. like this. So Especially going with different disciplines. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That that's that's something really really interesting to me and something I haven't had a chance to play a lot with. So like. I mean, when, when you're coming, going into these meetings and you're going on to these kind of, like, big talks about, like, what the what the intent is of the group and all that type of thing, I mean, how, what do you feel like is the thing that you guys are in sync on, like, across disciplines? Um, I think what we're in sync on is, like, you know, the humanity on what it is to be. We're all artists and we're all humans. Um, and so we can connect on those levels. Like, we can share stories about, like what that principle is we can share stories and experiences on 
you know, like you mentioned what it is for stand-up and for acting, and so you translated it in your own version, and I could connect to it in that way because we had, like, communicated about it, and we realized that although we're different mediums and we're different types of artists, like, we do have, like, that similarity, and so I feel like that's usually the entry point, and that's always the point of, like, synchronicity for sure. Is this your first time with, like, a resident company somewhere? I don't know what that... What do you mean? Are like, you a resident well, company? I, no. No, I just mean, like, uh, since you said you guys applied for residency with Newbox and you got that, is that your first time doing something, like, official like that? That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. The structures, I don't fully understand how they work. Because Newbox is dope. They get all types of people some <laughs> awesome gigs. But, um... Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I In some, terms of being a full collaborator, yes. I'm curious, like, how important do you feel like that is for, like, a, an artist coming up, like, to get involved with something that's, like, a resident company somewhere? Do you feel um, like that makes a difference? Yeah, I think any experiences you can grab make a difference. And if some, being part of something more, like, structured, not that it's structured, but something more concrete, like you're a resident in one place with one organization, and it's a seed residency, so we're creating this thing that might not even be finished when we're done, like... That's an amazing experience for sure, and to have all those resources. I appreciate it's great. Gotcha. All right, so it awesome. really kind of just comes out of the perk of having something already established behind you, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a platform. New Box is a platform, and and um, the residency definitely is the same. It's cool. using the platform. <laughs> That's cool. All right, and so um, one other thing that I saw on on your kind of resume that stuck out to me. I hope I'm not putting you on the spot again with it, um, but I saw that you had performed in Amsterdam at a festival. Mm-hmm. So what what exactly is Why Not Festival, and how did you get there? Why Not Festival? Fuck, you got me again. Why Not Festival? Dude, I don't know what Why Not Festival is, but... Well, what were you doing there? Year, and it seems super dope. It's, like, in this little, like, outdoor garden alcove place. I don't know. It's very cool. And there are all types of fucking art going on. There are, like, people in clay and paint and mud and then, like, a naked performance and, like, all types of shit. That's so, just like walking through the city. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, and so right, and so I guess it probably captures that. I think they called it a contemporary festival, a oh, contemporary cool. arts. Okay. And so there, I was, um, I signed on for a project that they're working on, and it was an opera, or it was with singers. I don't know. It was like a moving chorus, basically, and so it was primarily actually singing. And then movement, like we're moving around, we're doing things. There's a choreographer and a singer that we're collaborating on it. Maybe some other people, but definitely those two. Um, So I was like, you know, lip syncing, (laughs) mouthing the words (laughs) in like half of it whenever we were singing. (laughs) Because it's like, you know, these people are actually like trained fucking professionals. And so if you like sing off key, they're going to like, they would like turn around and look at you. And you're like, oh, me? (laughs) Like, yes, me. So I did my... The dance parts that I had, and there were like two other dancers. It's really interesting. They're like my age, and they just finished school, and they were um, dancers who had got signed on to the project as well to like primarily move. Um, and so we had like a movement-heavy part. And then there was one other woman, Brigitte. She was really awesome, and she uh, is like been dancing for forever over like where she's from overseas. And so um, yeah, so we had like a more movement-heavy portion of this like opera creation. So it was just kind of like one small part of like an overall thing that you were trying to go for. Like you were, you were kind of brought in, like you were told, like this is your bar, this is your movement thing, what's going on. Um, so what? 
how is that ex overall environment kind of different than other gigs that you've done? Um, well, are you someone who kind of just keeps their nose to grindstone and is like everything is a little similar because it's all trying to do the same thing? Like yeah. I do my part. And like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. It was also very much like I had no idea what's going on. I'd never been to the city before. I don't know Dutch. I don't know German. I don't know any of these people. I've never like been in a process like this in terms of like like they make coffee before rehearsal even starts and like everyone sits around and talks like it's shit like that. Everything's so different, you know. Uh -huh. um, and so we did have very specific parts, but it was being created all together. We were all creating it together, and they were definitely taking the lead. But um, it was totally in process, and so I was just like diving in um, with what I was asked to do, and also just trying to like gain as much information on the project, the process, and I don't know, my experience in the city in general, and so um, I definitely was like kind of just going with the flow, yeah, okay. but um, I'm pushing myself a little bit, like we had that part where we had to speak in German, and then of course we had to like sing and that kind of thing, so you know, like doing my part and like trying <laughs> yeah. really hard and also like, you know, just trying to take care of myself and be comfortable still. Nice. Awesome. Okay. Do you feel like that's an important skill for like an artist to have is just like use those improv skills that you uh, that you learned back in, in your classes and just say, all right, whatever it is, let's do it. Just go with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Use those skills. And I mean, more whether you remember your skills or not, or you think you have them or not, like at the end of the day, if you're in the room, someone wants you there, whether it's you or someone else or both of you or all of you. And that's all that fucking matters. And from there, you just, you know, go with what you got. I love that. And I think that's honestly something that a lot of artists forget, especially when they're first starting out, is that, like, you're already in the room. You're there. You did yeah. something right. Like, take the pressure off a little bit. Yeah. That's important. That's good. I'm, I'm glad that you said that on record somewhere. Uh, <laughs> it's been recorded. Um, now, this is maybe a dumb question, but um, something I, I just want to learn about. No, normally, like, it looks like you title yourself or classify yourself as, like, a movement artist. Oh, yeah. So how would you, I guess, differentiate that from being called a dancer? I mean, would you say it's all the same thing? Or would you say that there's a difference between being considered a mover versus a dancer? Um, people definitely use the different terms. Um, but I associate more with, like, when people say mover, because it's a little bit more, like, general. And also... Um, my understanding of dance that I'm like really trying to like hone in on right now is is basically like why am I doing it? What is it about it that makes it important? And so one of those things is like when you develop language around something in like terms, it makes it limiting to other people. Like I say, I say I'm a dancer, and then it's like, oh my god, you're a dancer, this is that, or oh she's a dancer, can you do this? Is like whatever happens when someone says a word instead of explaining the experience. Um, and so I think mover is more general and like everyone is a mover, you know? I'm just like someone who considers myself, my art form is movement primarily. Um, and I think what makes me very comfortable with using it or like another reason why I lean towards it is maybe that thing I was talking about with um, Marilyn is that, um, oh, in terms of choreography actually, uh, you're creating the art, the piece of art, <clears throat> the composition, but you're using movement as like the tool or the vessel, you know what I mean? And the so, actual act that you're doing is moving, that yeah. type of thing. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my art form is movement. Interesting. Primarily. So how did you go from <laughs> from being a movement artist to working with schools with Child's Play? Oh, with Child's Play. Well, I was at a graduated school. I decided to stay my ass in school uh, in Arizona because I'm from Maryland. And so it was like, you know, duh, networking. And so 
a woman, Alex Nelson, she was having a birthday party and she's arts admin, but she's also a dancer and we'd worked together before on something. And so she's having a birthday party. I was like, cool, go to my first adult party, like whatever. <laughs> awesome, going to Phoenix, gonna be like the Phoenix arts admin gang, whatever the fuck. And so, and like other old dancers and shit like that. I didn't mean to call you guys old, I'm sorry. Um, stuff like that. <laughs> so I go and I'm like dancing and there's this woman and we start chatting and um, I'm, I don't remember what I had said, but then I end up emailing her the next day because I'm just like, you know, whatever contacts you get, just like say hey, keep yeah. in touch. I'm like, hey, I just wanted to drop this new contact, um, let you know, because I did crew in school for a couple years. I was like, you know, if production needs anything, I'd love to volunteer. I was volunteering my fucking time, you know, classic, just graduated. Yeah. It's like volunteering. Um, <laughs> if you guys need teaching artists, I would love to learn, that kind of thing. And so she emails me back saying they have a full-time position open. Would I like to wow. apply for it? Right. And so I do, and she interviews me a couple times, and then lickety split real quick. I end up with a full-time position <laughs> right out of college at 23, 22, 23, um, 22. I'm 23 now at Child's Play. <laughs> That's not supposed to be the hard part, I feel like. I know, right? <laughs> the easiest fucking yeah. part. Yeah. Um, Wow, okay. So yeah. so what do you feel like your, I mean, what is your role there? Explain it for me. A child's play, my position is called the School Engagement Coordinator. Um, and it came out of a grant that basically um, is for child's play to like, it's a capitalization grant. It helps them realize like the, what their largest assets are and how to like, you know, build off of that just to be better, a better company. Um, and so they identified that teachers are their largest asset and for numerous reasons. And so they made a position that would cater to teachers and provide them the things that they need to um, be advocates for Child's Play, just, just to be teachers. Um, like I do, I host the free professional development workshops like once a month. I didn't create them, some before me did, um, but I continue them. Uh, other things for them. So like PD is the need that they have, professional development, and also money is something they do not have much of, and they need both of those things to be met, so we make free professional development for them. Um, and we give them, offer them tickets to things, we offer them, um, you know, different like booking deals if they go to events, and resources on resources on resources, because Child's Play is an amazing company, and they got all that shit to give. Um, and so my job is basically like teacher liaison, I get them that information, and I help them whatever way they can in general and mostly in, in their relation to child's play. And so, yeah, yeah. I'll leave it at that. Cool. So you just kind of facilitate that whole relationship of like with the local schools and with child's play, keeping everything going. So why do you feel like, I mean, this is a big question and I feel like there's like a thousand different answers to it, but in your mind, like what, what makes it important that we have that connection between schools and artistic companies like child's play? Oh, well... Oh shit, it's like our only chance at not killing ourselves and <laughs> destroying the world is to remember what artistry is and what it is to be an artist, which is to be human. Um, and so, you know, you gotta have it in school because that's where the kids are, that's where people are, that's where the students are, that's where the youth is, and they need to be surrounded and surrounded by art and it needs to be in their brains and their subconscious in the way that we talk to them and we think about them and we uh, give them, like, remind them of their validity or whatever, you know, whatever, all the things that school are, school is. Yeah. You know, art needs to be there. Yeah. Because you're there your whole fucking day <laughs> for your whole life, you know? For 20 years of it, you need to have it around. So it's important for 
us to bring art to the kids, basically, like that. So, like, that we can't necessarily trust... This is a bad way to say it, I guess, but, like, we can't trust parents to, like, take their kids to the art. We gotta bring the art to the kids while the parents aren't paying attention. Yeah, I would say that is a good point, for sure. Also, I, my big thing is, like, changing, like, the verbiage and my understanding and other people's understanding of it. Well, that's pushy, but, yeah. Um, in terms of, like, you know, people are already artists and people already have art. It's everywhere. It's everything. So it's more of, like, reminding them or helping facilitate what they have or, like, their ability to tap into it. Um, but, yes, also surrounding them by it. And, like, you know, parents do what they can. Yeah. Sometimes it's enough. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's too much. Um, but also, like, again, I think that you're there all day. And also what it is to, like, <clears throat> teach all concepts through art um, is, like, it's helpful. I mean, your brain works better, you, you feel better, you think better, you move better, you function more holistically, I feel like. Um, and so to be able to, like, integrate arts into school, if, into school if it's not already there is, like, crucial, you know. Now, you've said a couple things while we were talking that I want to kind of jump back to recently. Yeah. So, um, one thing you said, like, just kind of threw away, like, to be an artist is to be human. So, what do you mean by that? Elaborate on that. Um, I think it's artist communication again. And so, if by being human, you communicate with other living forms. I heard, like, a stat or a fact once that the human brain, um, like, only grows through external... Uh, Stimuli. Yeah, external stimulation, like another something to interact with is how your brain grows, something like that. Um, and so communication, is, I think that's what it means to be human, is to be um, an artist. And also, like, you know, if you're expressing yourself, that's, that's, that's your art. You know, so you might like, not box it that way, but so like consciously or not, art is kind of how we're all communicating with each other. Art is our vessel for interacting mm. with each other. Even yeah, if it's not like art, art. Type right. It's not. Yeah. It may not be product, but uh -huh. it could be process and and um. Yeah, or even maybe it, maybe it's just like I use I choose that lens or that framework is I call it art. Yeah. Um, and whether people do or not, I think it's it's helpful to at least consider what can be seen as art, or what that means if you consider it to be art or to be an artist. And if I call you an artist and you don't think you're an artist, what are you gonna do? Like, what are you gonna <laughs> what are you gonna make? What are you gonna create? If I tell you to show me something, you fucking artist, you're gonna do something, you know? It's fair. It's fair. Now, talking about product versus process, and something that you mentioned earlier when you were talking about how you made this connection, and you were talking about volunteering your time, you kind of laughed at yourself, like, oh, can you believe it? Like, why, why do you think that's something that's crazy? What, working for free? Yeah. Oh, God. Well, I'm very used to working for free. Uh, a lot of dancers that I know are extremely used to working for free. Um, I think most of us are. Um... But people have been saying it a lot recently, and I think it's true. It's starting to stick. It's like we shouldn't be. I've said things in the past, like, oh, but I'm like, I can do it for free. Like, I love this so much. I want to learn so much. It's so important. I'll do it for free. People are like, fuck that shit. You shouldn't do anything for free. You should be paid as much as anyone else. You know, like our what we do is our work, and it's our it's our livelihood, and we should be paid for it. Um, that being said, I've not fully made the jump to feeling that way because there's some things I would not pass up. Um, which is like a learning experience or like a meaningful interaction and connection with another human being is pretty important, you know? So how, how did you make that jump? I mean, how did you look at yourself and realize that like you had 
that value in your art? Was there a certain point that you had to cross? Or? Mm, probably during undergrad. Um, no, I don't know if I can pinpoint it. I think maybe through like different forms of, I've been in improvisation, improvisation for forever, but I think kind of the improvisation I was doing in school and also like being surrounded by people who don't know me, they've never seen me before, they don't know shit about me, especially my experience with dance and my art. Um, it's like, you're as valid as you want to be. No one's going to tell you you're not valid and you're not an artist and you're not good until you fucking say it because you just got there. They don't know shit about you. They haven't made any opinions yet. Um, it's kind of like what we're talking about, like once you're in the room, you're in the room. Um, and so I think maybe that's probably like the start of really just like owning whatever it is. Um, yeah. So, so that's kind of a way to like, I guess, set not only just like your self-worth, but like kind of show the other people around you like, what your level is and like what like you how much you value your own talent is to say like this is my price tag type of thing oh money wise mm, in terms of that's a thing man i don't know i've been talking with my friends lately a few of them dancers and i'm like hey you guys we all got to get together we got to meet up we need to like have a fucking conversation about what the standard is because they're there as far as i know as far as most of us know there's no standard for what we get paid like if if 10 out of a hundred of us even if 10 out of 100 of us get together and we can say this is how much is the minimum this is what we should get paid or even like we start to like even just be in dialogue about it, conversation like how much you get paid for this project I found out that this group they dance with this woman for forever all the time they get paid like chump change for this thing that they spend like a fucking year on and they just like or maybe not a year but a year's worth of like energy and talent and whatever you know and so um, I don't think that answers the question. Price tag. Price tag is not established at the moment, but definitely the importance of finding some type of like why I feel so strongly about finding common ground in terms of how much we get paid and how we're treated is um, definitely a form of understanding our worth. Yeah, and I think that's tough because I mean, all again, all I really know is the theater side of things. But like, I know that there's um, theater companies in town that like they don't necessarily pay, and there are other companies that ask the actors to pay once they're they're cast in the role they're expected to pay a certain fee to like be a part of the role and so like I know some people who feel very strongly that that's wrong and I know some people who are like well you know you got to get your experience so I mean how that that's why I ask you is like I don't know I don't have an answer I don't have an opinion so it's interesting to think about other art forms doing the same thing that's interesting does it pay to be in it I mean I guess it's like when we go to workshops and festivals and things but like shit right. and, but that that's another thing too is like how much are we willing to pay to like get the experience yeah, when it's like fuck yeah. that shit man <laughs> fuck that I mean where I'm at with dance yeah. and movement and whatever is like only people who matter are kids if I can't connect to a kid because they think I'm some fancy fucking dancer whatever it means <laughs> and like I dance on a stage and I don't even know what a stage is or like whatever the fuck I am not doing anything why am i gonna put him a show what do i people i really want people to sit there and watch me and tell me how great i am i don't want that shit that means nothing nothing so it's like if you don't have money you don't right get to have experiences i don't know that makes zero sense i mean definitely there's agency if you want to spend money and to have a thing for sure yeah you know i'm not against it but i'm not for it as like the answer it's definitely not what the answer is. That's fair. And I love what you're saying about, like, you, the only real kind of, like, 
metric to weigh yourself against is like how much the kids are into it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I mean, has that always been a focus of yours? Has been educating and like inspiring? I guess. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Fuck the kids and so on. Fuck the kids. Um, I think I just didn't like want to say out loud because I didn't know my feelings. I still don't my feelings about like teaching and education and that kind of thing but um, I'm realizing that my strong opinions and theories about like being human and making genuine connection are very closely linked with like you know whoever has not been fucked up by the universe yet or not the universe the man-made world yet Um, and that happens to be children and realizing how cool they are by being around them a lot too much at child's play but being around them a little bit more um and uh, so it's that kind of blank canvas that they are that yeah. like yeah yeah the blank canvas and also like well they have so much they're like they're like a new fucking artwork every minute every second like they are all the things like a constantly morphing I don't know yeah. all the cool shit and so yeah getting to them is is they're the ones I mean everyone would be great but definitely um, you know. If not the kids and the parents. Okay. And then I see that you're also part of stuff like, I saw something called the Soul Justice Project oh, that you are doing. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's a couple other things that I've seen. It just kind of an overall theme seems to be like the idea of dance as like a cultural tool. Mm. And so I'm curious about if that's something that's just another aspect of like what you were just talking about with the kids, reaching out to the kids when they're like before they're destroyed by man-made society <laughs> or like um, what... How important do you feel like that is, is the idea of expressing a culture through dance? The kids in the culture of dance? Well, just like, I mean, the use of, like, dance to express a culture, I guess. Do you... Culture's a tricky word. I never know what people mean. What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess, I don't, I don't know. That's okay, that's fair. All right. Uh, well, I, I just mean, like, it, it seems like just basically what I was looking at with different projects like that yeah. there seems to be an underlying thing of like we're, we're doing this to express a certain culture that type of thing like um, I guess it was some of the urban arts things as well um, going back to like what you said the five tenets of hip hop that type of thing mm-hmm. like yeah, it's, it's going it's attaching itself to certain culture and so like representing I guess a certain um, background that like your audience might not know about or like want to be educated about mm-hmm. so I mean is that is that something that is consciously important to you is that something that you're consciously looking to no I think I'm the opposite which is why I have trouble like finding words around these things and remembering these things and relaying these things well is because I am like very much the opposite and it's like I don't the less language and descriptors we can identify to split us apart to differentiate the better and of course you need balance in life but I am more on the side of um, like let's just like smear it all together and like see what's going on um, rather than like you know parceling out so you feel like words like culture are just kind of like inherently loaded with something like for sure yeah <laughs> I mean you gotta add at least like two more words on that shit <laughs> first to start getting at some like context clues that's fair <laughs> okay Excellent. I, I like that. I think that's interesting. And so that's a whole shit show right there. Yeah. yeah. So, do you feel like that attitude of wanting to just be, basically, I mean, I guess as vague as possible. I don't know if vague's the right word for it, but just as like universal as possible with what you're trying to do. Do you feel like that 
is a harder pill to swallow for, for other people in like the arts community because it seems like a lot of art the idea of it is like it has a specific agenda it has the agenda of the person expressing it mm-hmm. and so do you think that puts you at odds with other people who are in the, the arts community mm, I'm probably this is probably like the most I've shared with a public mass in terms of like these concepts as me as me saying them with so much conviction um but I think if I, I can really speak for my own like self-consciousness about it, I feel and have felt for always um, until more recently that like you know no one wants to like talk to a wishy-washy person. It's like you know people to have political discussions and they're like, how do you feel about it? And I'm like, we all just gotta realize we're fucking human and then we'll just we'll start from there. You know what I mean? Like no one wants to hear that shit. Yeah. And but that's really where I'm at and and. You know, I don't know if it annoys the shit out of people. I mostly keep it to myself because, like, it's... People are just kind of, like, blink, blink, stare, you know? Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I... Maybe I don't, but, like, not as much as anyone else, you know? (laughs) I'm just talking about very basal things. That's good. Um, The building blocks. Love it. Awesome. Well, I think that's a good place to kind of wrap up and get the last couple things I like to ask. So... First off, I just want to know if there's anybody else in town, any artists of any discipline who you want to give a shout-out to, anybody we should be looking out for. Um, a shout-out to in town. I I'm working with this sick-ass group right now for Black Tina Festival, which will be my shameless plug in a second. Um, but Raquel Dinas? I'm going to say it wrong. It's D-E-N-I-S. She's super fucking dope. She's a musician, and I've been spending some time with her in the process and outside of it, just, like, you know, slowly getting to know each other. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's a beautiful soul, and her and uh, she performed at Trunk Space a few weeks ago, and I got to see her, and it was dope. Lady Olsen holding it fucking down. She just moved away to D.C. or New York or both. I don't know. It's not very clear. <laughs> She'll be back, maybe. Um, Julie Akerley for New Box. Um, I don't know, there's so many people, but yeah, yeah. those yeah. come to mind first. Awesome. <laughs> now, I, yeah, I know you, you said you were about to plug it too, so I, I held off on asking about it during the interview because I, I figured you were going to bring it up there. So what is Black Tina Festival? Black Tina Festival is a dance festival. It's one night only. Um, it is. It was originated in L.A., in Los Angeles, uh, with some performers. Um, and it is a festival that brings together black, African-American, and uh, Latinx choreographers exclusively. And they all present work and put in a show, and they call it Black Tina Festival. And so Liliana Gomez, the shout-out of all shout-outs, um, <laughs> brought it here to Phoenix for the first time ever. And she's working with one of the original uh, creators of Black Tina Festival from L.A. And so, yeah, there's ten people from Phoenix, Black and Latinx, and then there are um, a few of the L.A. performers that are going to be in it as well. July 22nd, it's like 7.30 or 7 p.m. at Black Theater Tree, which I've never been to before. I'm stoked. Um, yeah, so... You know, is there like a website for it? Or, you know. There is probably a website. There's definitely a Facebook page um, for Black Tina in, in general. There's an event for Black Tina. There's, the theater's only like 160 seats. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so it's, it's like... Intimate. Yeah, it's like for real, please get your tickets because we... I don't know. There's some people that we want to have there. Um, and... Uh, Anything else you got coming up? Yeah. So through um, the Humanity 101 players that you brought up, um, through the seed residency we got going on, um, we're going to have a work in progress showing in, like, August. Um, 
information on that is through Newbox. They do definitely have a website, newbox.org, I think. Um, and Newbox has shit all summer long. Um, and I'm going to be teaching class for the first time, public class, in November. I'm super stoked about um, I'm super stoked about it through Mesa Art Center, through New Box, through Mesa Art Center. Um, That's also around the time you're going to be bringing back I'm Not As Think As You Drunk I Am, right? It's true, it's true. Jessica Wright goes, Not As Drunk As You, not as think as you Drunk I Am. We'll be returning, and Mesa Art Center is going to be presenting it. We were supposed to do it in May, um, and so when we bumped it to uh, October. She moved it, so... That's when or November? Is it November or October? I think it's November. November? I'll, I'll put a link up. It's even later than I thought. November. Nice. Anything else you got coming up? Anything else you got coming up? I feel like, what, Black Tina's in July, which is this month. Crazy. Oh, well, this weekend, <laughs> so Liliana's got us a, a little slot at um, Phoenix Art Museum to present some of the Black Tina work. So I don't know if you'll have this up by then. It'll be next Wednesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, It'll right. be over by then. Cool. That's that. August, that thing. The residency things. Um, Cool. Well, uh, last thing I'd like to ask is, I mean, if if you were to run into somebody who was trying to start their arts career in Phoenix today, what advice would you want to pass on to them? Mm, Don't let the pace that you perceive around you determine your own and influence your own pace. You know, don't well, don't let any external factors fuck with you. But, you know. A lot of us are sticking around because we feel energy and we feel it's like it's about to be lit. We feel like what's happening and it's growing. And thank you to everyone who is before me and around me that's making these things happen. Um, But, you know, I think we get a little like, I know a few people, including myself, that are like, oh, when's shit going to happen? When's it going to, when are we going to be on the map? When is it going to be blowing up? And when are we going to be getting paid? And all that kind of thing and respected. And like, you know, don't let that pace fuck with you still do your own thing i just started new mediums in the past few months i've started doing new mediums like whatever do whatever the fuck you want and just like go your own pace and make genuine human connection and then opportunities will come up you know you don't try and make friends for a certain purpose you like you know and if you do it's gonna if it's not genuine they're not gonna want to work with you like oh that person's here to audition i met them at a bar once versus like oh shit it's you how's it going how you doing thanks for coming out you know. Let it all happen naturally. I yeah. love it. Love it. All right, yeah. Sydney, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Tony. Special thanks to Nick Machete for writing our theme music and Taylor Machete for all of her support. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, don't forget to follow us and leave nice ratings on Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Pinecast.co. And if you or someone you know is pursuing something artistic in the Phoenix area and you'd like to be on the podcast, write to me at starvingartistphx at gmail.com.